Middle of the Pack. Real discussions for the middle of the pack by the middle of the pack. We'll talk about training and racing, but we're here to deep dive into the life topics of the weekend warriors and obstacle course racing enthusiasts. Obstacle course racing isn't just a sport, it's a lifestyle. We are the middle of the pack. Hey, Pack, before we start this episode, we wanted to give a special shout out to Russ from OCR Buddy for helping us get in touch with all the races we talked with this for this episode. He has set up a special code for the first 25 listeners. If you put in the code MOTP, and you can get a free upgrade to OCR Buddy Premium. Definitely check out OCR Buddy. It is literally the whole race schedule on your phone. So you never have to type in Spartan.com to go find those dates, Savage.com, Tough Mudder. They are all right there on the app. So if you're the first 25 listeners, the code MOTP for a free premium upgrade so you can see the whole calendar. And now, on to the episode. Hey everyone, welcome to this week's episode of Middle of the Pack. I am your host, Charles, with my other two hosts, Megan. Hey. And Derek. What's up? What's going on, guys? It's been a it's been a minute since we did an episode. We took a week off to uh make sure we were prepped and also just kind of clear out our busy lives because as things open up, stuff gets busy for us. We've been working on this episode and we have a pretty good one coming up, but uh before we get into it, I mean, we can just kind of jump around and just give a brief catch up uh, since we were last on. Derek, what have you been up to, bud? Well, um, you see, uh, I, I've been working, um, working some more, mm-hmm. and then working some more on top of that. Just a lot of work. That's pretty much all I do is work. Um, uh, outside of actual work, uh, I have been training to, or at least trying to train for my 100 miler. Um, keyword being try, because the whole... Uh, running more than like five miles a day thing is not working out so great right now. So pray for me come August, but yeah, pretty much just working and trying to get as many runs in, in between work and appointments that I possibly can. That's honestly about it. Megan, what have, uh, what have you been up to? Oh, um, we kind of had a family emergency, some health issues in my family. Um, and when I wasn't losing my mind, trying to figure out what was going on and making sure that I wasn't needed in middle of nowhere, Massachusetts. I was drowning in nonstop work. And you did also run a race in that time at some point, didn't you? Did I? Did you? Oh. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't remember. I really haven't been able to think in about two weeks, but yeah, I actually ran Boulder Dash out in Rhode Island. I ran their mandatory obstacle completion heat. I believe there were three women and like 20 men or something. Their obstacle, Kiss My Grips, continues to be the ultimate band cutter. I did get farther than I ever thought I would get. And aside from... The one person who beat it, I got the second farthest across it. Um, I also managed to beat their obstacle twisted, which is like the ladder game at carnivals where you have the anchor points on the top and the bottom and you have to keep the ladder stable and ring the bell up at the top. Um, So I finally managed to beat that one. Um, My time wasn't ideal because I spent way too much time fighting at Kiss My Grips, but 
I did get an email from Lynn a couple days ago. And because the completion rate was so low with, you know, one person beating all of the obstacles. Yeah. They took out the big two obstacles, which I'm kind of sad that they took Twisted out of it because there were, I think, four people altogether that beat it. Wow. But she took out that and Kiss My Grips. And because of it, I was the uh, top female based on obstacle completion and time. So I did qualify for OCRWC. um, I believe... Because there's no qualification for the age group heats this year, I believe that qualifies me for pro. So I'm now toying with the idea of whether or not I want to jump into the pro heat, just because like, how often do I qualify for pro? And I, you know, I I want to run a qualified heat at OCRWC. I don't want to just skirt by and get sit in age group, even though when I, when I you know, paid for my registration for OCRWC. I had already qualified for the age group wave. Now that qualifications are waived for the year, I feel like I want to still be in a qualified heat, but that is not a, hey, I'm jumping into pro. It's, hey, I'm thinking about it. So you're not going to try and take on Nicole Miracle, come out on top? Um, No, you know, I, I think I'm pretty good there. Um, I just want to keep my band, damn it. <laughs> I'm actually like super jealous you got to do that race, which I already forget the name of that you just said you did because those obstacles look dope as hell. Boulder Dash, oh my gosh. Yeah. So tough. It, yeah, she really made a conscious effort to increase the difficulty. <clears throat> hey, Charles, what did you do this past week? Oh, yeah. Um, so this past week, I mean, I've also been busy like you all have been um, dealing with a lot of projects, currently finishing a show that's going to be for Nat Geo. And then the next several months are a bunch more shows. I went from learning about whales through building shows to now learning about sharks. So my job's super exciting right now. But the good news, if you've been tracking me throughout these episodes, I've yet to stand on a podium by myself. Well, good news, guys. Last weekend, I ran Bonefrog DC, signed up for the sprint just to go out and play. I signed up the Thursday before the race. Just wanted to go out and play on a course, see how my running's been going, how the obstacles have been going, and your boy took first. I know. Y'all are stunned in silence. But it was great. I've had a great time running. Like I'm super excited to actually get into the season this year and hopefully survive the amount of projects I have. But... Now that we've gotten our banter out of the way, I think it is time that we go into the podcast. Megan? Guys, today we are putting together the ideal race season. Now, a lot of people only run Spartan or only run Savage or they are Tough Mudder loyalists. But as the sport continues to grow, we are seeing more and more local races popping up and with OCRWC returning to the good old US of A in 2021, I think it's a great time to talk about what races across both the US and internationally that can prepare you for what you are going to see at OCRWC. 
Now, for anybody who's not familiar with Obstacle Course Racing World Championships, yes, ideally it is a race that you qualify for either through age group or pro slash elite qualifications. You can also go about it with the journeyman route, which I believe is you have to have ran like what, five races over the course of a year. Correct me if I'm wrong, guys. Um, I'm currently, I currently have their qualifying open and I actually don't know if they have it up. They might not have it up right now, but yeah. I'm pretty sure it's five races. Yeah. I think five races in a calendar year would qualify you under journeyman and you don't have to finish in any particular yeah. placement to qualify for journeyman. Um, but also with that race, it that is their version of open and that um, you would run after all of the competitive heats during the day. So you have a greater battle against the clock to finish before the course closes. Yeah, and I mean, that's more so just like a fun lap and stuff, right? Yeah, exactly. But you do still get a band, and it is mandatory obstacle completion, so you can earn your band by finishing all. Yep. Uh, Journeymen definitely do still get a band and have their shot at mandatory obstacle completion, which is pretty awesome, because I don't know many other races that are mandatory obstacle completion that do still give their open waivers a band to or when they race. But another great thing about OCRWC is that a lot of their obstacles come from local races, both in the U.S. and internationally. So you have Legaf, which comes from Northman's race. You have the Force 5 rig, which can be seen at City Challenge. Um, you will see a good amount of obstacles at OCRWC that you can see at other local races across the globe. So today, let's talk about those races. How do you guys set up your race schedule? And what races will help us prepare for, let's just say, an A race? Not necessarily OCRWC. It could be Spartan World Championships. It could be Spartan Killington. It could be world's toughest mutter whatever your big race of the season is how do you guys set up your race schedule to make sure that you are racing to peak for that race for me personally it kind of differs every year so like in 2019 like my a races were the stadium series so my entire schedule was based around doing either similar races or similar distances and effort as the stadium series. So all I did was like run like savage blitzes and a bunch of like road five K's and just like really short, fast races and like to kind of build up and taper to the actual stadiums themselves. So for me, like I kind of go into the season by either picking series that like I'm going to focus on or a particular race. So like this year for me, it's my 100 miler. So my schedule is very different uh, this year compared to pretty much any other year. I'm still running like savages just because I like savages. But I'm actually doing like a couple ultras and like endurance races leading up to it to gear myself and prep myself for that race. So for me, I pretty much just pick either a series or a race and then cater my schedule around basically what that race or race style is and pick other kind of events that kind of fall in line with that to use as prep. Yeah, kind of when I put together my race calendar, um, 
I usually have at least one big race a year and I never really structure like having certain races up to it. Like, obviously, I didn't build a calendar for 2020, but 2019, uh, my calendar was a little lopsided because my I was gearing up for my 100 miler. And that was in May, end of May into June because it was a 48 hour event. And I kind of like sprinkled races around, but I never really had like a I'm going to build up to this race and see how it goes. I really just kind of through races together that's kind of how i've always done it i usually at least have one big race a year like 2019 mile or 2018 was killington 2017 and 16 also with killington so now i'm just kind of actually like focusing on and i'm kind of doing it again this year i'm focusing on one major race this year i'm going to be focusing more on ocr world champs in the especially in the past couple of years i've wanted to mix up my races because i like many people fell into the groove of doing like the same location same events every year and just kind of like hitting those all the time and then you kind of get bored of them and now i'm more trying to branch out and see what else i can find like i want to run certain events and locations and also but i do still want to also keep like same things like i am very much even though i've run i enjoy running long distance i really enjoy short distance ocr so i am trying to like i do try to fit in stadium races if they happen this year onto my calendar so yeah, that's kind of what i put together and sometimes i do just throw on a random race like i last weekend i went and ran bonefrog and i threw that race on there just randomly so that's usually how i go about it when now that you mentioned that too so outside of picking like just one race or race series that i focus on i still do that but like you said um you know i also fell in the same trap of like running the same races at the same places for the past like four years so not necessarily an a race but i always pick a destination race as well um that i basically make a vacation out of um basically either to try either a new race or a new um location of a race i've already done just something different and i probably you know pretty much just try and make a vacation out of it so like in 20 but 2019 that was california the year before that was london so it's just always kind of pick and choose at least one race like you said to kind of mix it up either to try a new race series altogether or just go to a place that i've wanted to go to and kind of build a vacation around that too so i posed the question in i think spartan forum or one of those community groups just for asking people what races they would want to run if they could go Anywhere in the world, you know, regardless of cost, where would they want to race? And they were all people saying, I want to run Spartan Hawaii, or let's go out to Spartan Malaysia, or wherever else. And everybody is so focused on this Spartan bubble. And hey, I will say I was there for years. I'm a Spartan season pass holder and, you know, I've gone out, I ran Spartan Ireland. Did my season pass pay for Spartan Ireland? No, it did not. But there are so many other races in the entire world in OCR. And we are so focused on where is Spartan going next when we're really not seeing anything different across the globe with Spartan races, aside from maybe a few obstacles here and there. But honestly, the one obstacle I wanted to see at an international Spartan race is, I forget what it's even called, but that obstacle out in Australia that they don't oh. do anymore. Yeah, yeah. Is that, uh, was it the fort? What is that for, uh, fortress. Actually, the fortress. Actually, it's not around anymore. Yeah. Well, it's retired. And that was like the only... Spartan obstacle that I have seen across the globe that I was like, 
I really want to see that. Otherwise, if you're going out to, you know, Spartan Ireland, I didn't see anything special aside from maybe they had a obstacle similar to Olympus, but instead of like the walls on an angle, they were very much upright and you had to traverse across these upright Z wall looking thing on like ropes. So it really wasn't anything special. There was nothing challenging about it. But I get it. Like, racecations are awesome. But if you're going to take a racecation, take a racecation and experience something completely new. So I think this is a great place to get started with this, with our episode today. So, Derek, you said your 100 miler, Leadville 100, is your A race this year. Yep. Charles, OCRWC is your A race this year. OCRWC is also my A race this year, but I have ran Spartan Race World Championships before, so I can also kind of cover things that you would want to run in the event that, you know, Spartan World Championships or like a Tough Mudder are the events for you. But let's just kind of dive in right at the start of the season. I know the season's kind of already sort of started, but from here on out, Let's just go over our dream calendar. That means right now it is April 4th. We are coming up on April 10th next week, and there is actually a huge race coming up in the Northeast, at least. I don't know if it's huge, but it's huge for us. And it is one of the best races that you can go to that will mimic both the terrain and the obstacles that you can see at OCRWC in Stratton in September, and that's Fit Challenge. Guys, what is your opinion and your experiences with Fit? My experience with Fit, I've run two of their OCRs. Both of them were the ultra format. Well, technically, the Fit at the Ridge was their six-hour format, but uh, then I ran the 12-hour in 2018. Yeah, coming up this coming weekend, yeah, I'm going to be running my first mandatory completion of them. Um, my experience with them, I'm like, yeah, they have uh, really unique obstacles. Some of them are, it's really weird. There's no like middle ground with these obstacles. It's either like kind of like the basic ones we see at almost every race, like the rope climb. And then there's like devil's playground and destroyer. Like there's no like one thing in the middle. That's kind of like middle of the road. So it either it's like maybe the Gibbons. You think Gibbons is middle of the road? Yeah. <laughs> For you. <laughs> <laughs> um, no. Yeah, the... Uh, yeah, so I think they have, like, some of the best, like, and most unique obstacles out there because some of them are... You can only find them at Fit. Um, and I think they are... I think they're well-timed, too, because it's like he always has one in... He always has one in the spring and then uh, usually in the fall um as he well he has so, gotten away from that a little bit yeah well i think he was he was planning on doing that in 2020 but i mean like 2020 yeah, yeah. <laughs> you don't really like, need to say anything after that <laughs> yeah um because yeah. i remember that was his plan in 20 uh 2019 but um yeah anyways yeah i think it's a good race it's got competitive wise you it's really Weird, because coming up, what, he has Ryan Kempson coming this weekend? Yep, oh, Ryan Kempson and so you, Cassandra Omen Carroll. Yeah. yeah, so you have these, like, sometimes you have these killers, and then you have his local killers, which, by the way, are ridiculous. 
Yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, I kind of like that too because, you know, everyone knows I don't like endurance events, even though the irony in that, I, yes, I understand running 100 mile this year, but I still don't like endurance events. Um, but at the same time, if I'm like, for me, it's an eight and a half hour drive to fit one, you know, just one, uh, one way. So if I go up there, I kind of want to make it worthwhile. So, but I've done in the what four fit challenges that I've run. Um, I run the competitive wave in the morning, but then just hopped in and then did the uh, the multi lap. So like I like like you said, Ray, you can kind of do multiple ones on the same day and even kind of like go into another one. It's, um, that's kind of nice. Like so, I still ran the um, the elite wave in the morning, but then still got to do multi lap. That way, I could kind of at least like make the trip worthwhile and you know get to enjoy the course. I mean, in terms of the obstacles, I mean, they're pretty much bar none. Um, a lot of very unique obstacles. I mean, you have Devil's Playground, which is awesome. Obviously, the Destroyer, no blocks. Got to get that no block band. I don't even know if he gives out no block band still. This year, he does have at least one new obstacle. I know that he's bringing out a new double up. Um, but then he does also have the floating inverted walls, which... He's had inverted floating walls. It's just that these are actually on like a uh, a frame. While the other ones right. are always strapped to trees and okay. yeah, like that. Or like those uh, were sometimes, I mean, like we have video, but like the ones on the trees would be like, <laughs> yeah, they're kind of sketchy a little bit. We can't I know. see video, but like they would be past like a forty-five degree angle at some points. Yeah, they're they're kind of sketchy. Whereas this, their new their new wall is more like standardized, I guess, legitimate. You could say. We actually did have a chance to talk with Rob when we were out at the trail race a couple weeks ago. So let's go ahead and hear what Rob has to say about Fit Challenge next week, April 10th. So Rob, Fit Challenge has been named the best small brand by Mud Run Guide for how many years now? Four. Four. They didn't have it this year. So for 2021, we are all preparing our race schedules yep. still. OCRWC is finally on U.S. soil again yeah. up in Stratton, Vermont. So local for us here in New England. Why should people come and run Fit Challenge if they're planning to race yeah. OCRWC, Spartan World Championships, yeah. World's Toughest Mud or anything? Why is Fit Challenge the best race they need to be running? Well, first of all, we're having it. And then I would say that it's, it's difficult to find a race that's going to combine the obstacle element and the challenging terrain element mm -hmm. in, you know, a 3.2, 3.3 mile course really anywhere. Definitely. Um, I've, again, never seen it. Not that it, it, it doesn't, it, it, it's not there, but, um, you know, that's, we, we want that 5K-ish distance and, you know, the amount of obstacles that we do have. So... You know, we're lucky with a great venue, and then we're lucky, you know, with the way we've been able to progress and grow our obstacles. Great job, man! Where, um, you know, we're able to to offer that. We have challenging, op you know, it, it, again, it's and, and it really kind of provides you any anything that you're looking for in an OCR event. We have everything up to the, you know, 12-hour ultra, right down to an open wave. So if, if you're looking to prepare for OCRWC and qualify in the journeyman division, we, we've got it. If you're looking to qualify in the pro division and the mandatory completion wave, we've got it. 100%. And yeah. even with that, you've got, you've had Hunter come out, yeah. Ryan Kempson comes out, yeah. you've got um, Matt and Cassandra Carroll coming yeah. out, Kelly Sullivan. You've got good 
OCR athletes that come out and run, they know that there's no payday with this, but they know that what they're doing out on course is preparing them for the big paydays of the OCRWCs, the Spartans. They are getting so challenged that they are continuing to get better just because your race is that difficult. Um, Again, it's that type of event where it it can attract and challenge a big-name person, um, and it also is appealing enough to, to folks that you know, are out there for, for fun yeah. and are out there for the weekend and are out there to, to you know, do a, a, a fun local race. And, you know, you're not going to see obstacles like that many. You're not going to see the Devil's Playground anywhere. Right. You're not going to see it. It doesn't exist. You're not going to see Destroyer 2.0 anywhere. It doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. There's destroyers uh, around the country, but uh, you, obviously you'll see Gibbons and you need to complete Gibbons at other races. So there's a couple things that are unique to us that, that we have that are great. Um, that can challenge people in, in different ways and it, it can and you do something and you fail and then you either look at it and say oh race you need to change this or you look at it and say oh I need to get better so and the the, the, the true you know elites and the true people that want to challenge themselves look at it and say okay I need to get better right. which is good the OCR is April 10th yep. so that's going to be coming up pretty quickly yep a couple weeks and with that, you do offer the mandatory obstacle completion wave, the open waves, you have the multi-laps and the ultras. Correct. So what else does Fit Challenge offer us in 2021? So we're, we are we're doing our noob sanity. I wish he was here around right he now. He was here. Jarrett, we're doing a noob sanity uh, extravaganza, OCR extravaganza event up, up there. Um, and where is that located? Binghamton, New York. So it's uh, noob sanity. Jarrett Newby, it's his property, his personal property. Him and his dad own it. They have 96 acres of land. They have a permanent fixed five-mile course. They're, they call it their mud gauntlet course, mm-hmm. which is um, not much elevation, trails, um, kind of ribbons out and back, and then just some absolutely insane obstacles, permanent structures that are just insane, unique things that you won't see anywhere, but that's what you can do when you build it in your backyard. Yeah, definitely. Then across the street from his house, um, he has a... 5k extreme ravine course which is just the most gnarly up and down ledgy um i mean legit you run you you run in a ravine like you gotta there's ropes to climb up um the ledge i mean it's it's just awesome it's absolutely awesome um so we're gonna build our signature obstacles on the ravine course because it's a big field um, and then what we're going to do is Friday night, we're going to offer a, um, a short course kind of thing, like, you know, kind of like a, I don't know, half mile. we, we got to kind of still kind of design it, but it'll be something short so it won't crush you. But obstacle heavy, obstacle dense. Awesome. On Friday night, but it'll be a collaboration of both of ours. And then Saturday, we're offering his course, my course. Um, so you can come and run one, you can come and run the other, open mm-hmm. wave, whatever, but we're going to offer the ultra, and the ultra is going to be 12 hours, six hours on his course, six hours on my course. That's amazing. Um, and, you know, if, if you're a f- primarily a fit person, you start on his course and you finish on ours. If you're primarily a noob sanity person, you start on our course and end on, on his again. And it's the same property. Um, so when is this noob sanity fit OCR extravaganza? August 20th. 21st and then we'll probably do something social the 22nd awesome well thank you so much for speaking with us today oh, rob thank you we cannot wait to get out on april 10th and we will be back out at noob sanity as well um in august beautiful thank you thank you very much and again thanks to rob for giving us the time to interview and talk with him about his race we are aware that our episode is dropping now on thursday the 8th and the for the april race is on saturday the 10th 
So he does have, as he said in the interview, he does have other events that you can sign up for. That'll be later in the year. Um, also, though, if you are in the area and you are looking to do a race and you're looking to train for Killington or Tahoe or OCRWC, uh, the multi-lap version really is a good option to get out there and get some miles and elevation in. So that is a good option uh, for the month of April. And sticking with the month of April, if you can't make it to the Northeast, the weekend after on April 17th, Phoenix OCR is hosting their event in Meridian, Mississippi. If you don't know who Phoenix OCR is, they are, I believe this is their debut. Don't quote me on that. Not 100% sure if it is, but I'm pretty sure. They are a race brand based in the South run by uh, Julie Wolf, who we've had on the podcast for our brand ambassador episode. They are a OCRWC qualifier. Their signature obstacle is a Gorilla Gauntlet 40-foot rig. 40 foot? Wait, 40, 40 feet? 40 feet. Four zero foot. Oh, shit, now I won't go. <laughs> what do they it's, have on that rig? What they've told us is it is never the same at any event. And the peg, uh, they also do have a pegboard, and that gets changed up as well. Wow. I love when races get really secretive about stuff. But that's how it should be. I mean, obstacle course racing is about <laughs> overcoming what's ever in our way. So, like, that's why I love seeing that, like, the Savage rig is different at every single one. Like, I am so sick of seeing a Spartan rig and knowing that, like, oh, we're going to a sprint, so I'm only going to do rings. Or, oh, it's a super, we're going to go rings to a bar, back to some rings. But to talk about Phoenix OCR um because we're we're not here to rant on on spark yeah so they have their they have their rigs they have their obstacles up they have a few photos very limited on their website so actually i guess this isn't their signature event because they have photos clearly they've done this already so that's on us but um they are 100 percent completion for competitive and there is no penalty in open obviously like a lot of races you get to finish your shirt and a medal pretty great that's always all you really have to do is give me a medal and i'll probably sign up for a race you justin where you at it justin <laughs> they do run multiple events throughout the year they do have because currently on their schedule they have april 17th meridian mississippi may 2nd crandall georgia june 12th rock spring georgia and september 18th chattanooga tennessee they have a tentative kentucky event on the 13th of november so they are kind of really front loading and then towards the back end of the year getting some more races out there well, I think I need to figure out a way to add Phoenix OCR to my race schedule. Um, I know I've been saying that for a while. <laughs> um, but maybe I'll have to travel down to Mississippi in a couple of weeks. I am really intrigued by this race. And also, a key thing just for avid OCR racers, they are very affordable. They are $79. That's like cheaper than any other race that you register for, like the minute it comes available. That's actually like mad cheap in the OCR world. Local races in general are usually really affordable. I think I paid like $79 for Fit for their mandatory obstacle completion on their early bird pricing. And if you get, um, if you're following the local race brands, you can find them pretty affordable um, as long as you know when to register for them. And that's the great thing about, you know, racing local and stuff in general. One, it obviously is cheaper because they don't have to pay for all the overhead of transporting all of their stuff. They usually have a set course that's the same every single year. So you end up getting to know at least the uh, venue and they usually like to have 
four unique obstacles to draw in people. So you kind of get the best of everything. I mean, that's why I've been doing a lot more local races and stuff too, just because of all those factors. And also one last thing, if you want to save some money on Phoenix race, you can use the discount code RD chick. That is capital RD and then lowercase C H I C K R D chick. I don't know how long that lasts for, but it was given to us by Julie. So enjoy your discount. Awesome. Well, guys, definitely give them a look. Follow them on Instagram and get out there. Support Julie and all of them at Phoenix. They are a phenomenal race brand. Moving right along, we are coming up on May 1st, which is becoming one of the busiest days in the sport of OCR. Not only do we have Savage Maryland, which... I know I signed up for it before some of the other races were announced, but we also have Highlander Assault Dark Ages, and we have the Battle of the Lions Grip course out in Dallas. Guys, where are you going on May 1st? People are probably going to know the answer to this one, but Savage. I mean, um, I would love to actually try both of those other races. Uh, It's just a travel thing for me with work i can drive to maryland morning of so for me that's the only reason why i'm going to savage if it was a further away savage like boston or, or ohio then i would probably make the trek and go try out one of those other ones but f- you know for just strictly logistics it's got to be savage for me yeah i'm also signed up for savage but that's because savage maryland is in my opinion, probably one of the the races for the East Coast. But I've been running that race for a couple of years now. It's one of my first OCRs as well, so I always like to run that one. But yeah, not only do we have those races on there, we also have uh, Highlander Assault is also running their Dark Ages race on that race race weekend as well. So it seems like we're kind of, kind of having races. I mean, we have Savage Race on the East Coast. We have Battle of the Lions in the South. And then up in the upper Midwest, we have uh, Highlander Assault with their race. Yep, I definitely mentioned Highlander Assault Dark Ages. And that was one that I had a hard time picking between Savage Maryland and Highlander Dark Ages. So Dark Ages is a nighttime specific obstacle course race. So Highlander is running it. I forget what time they're actually starting the race at. I know the pros go off at like that nine, 10 o'clock ish time frame, and it's a 5k course, but they also have a multi-lap option. So you have to have your headlamp on and they're going to be having some wicked awesome obstacles by race ready obstacles out there. Um, and again, it's a mandatory obstacle completion race. So this is out in that Chicagoland area. I have Battle of Lions is holding their event in Dallas, Fort Worth. It seems every event, we did reach out to them uh, for information, but we never got a response back. But it does seem like they are running four different events, and each of them are different specialties. This event coming up is going to be a grip-intensive course. It is a four-mile course. It is very much going to be relying on grip-intensive obstacles. Uh, According to the website, there's going to be about 40 of them. So it is going to be very much like a challenge on your hands. And then just quickly to go over their other three different events they are running a strength event an endurance event and a standard event and that's coming up over their other three events over the year and it makes me think of like ocrwc you know how they have in the team race the different kind of specialties so you've got the running you've got the strength and you've got the op quote-unquote obstacle proficient 
it sounds like they're doing the same thing only with specific obstacle course races. So you've got your running, which is the endurance. You've got your strength, which is obviously like all of your heavy obstacles. And then you've got your grip intensive, which is very much like that obstacle portion of OCRWC and NORAM. And I don't know. I I guess I'd have to see how it goes for them. I'm not completely sold on having a course with just one specialty. I'd definitely much more um, waver towards that October standard course where they mix in a little bit of everything. But again, we'd have to kind of see what the format of each race is um, before I would personally take the trek out from Boston to travel to Dallas or Kansas City or wherever else they are hosting them. That's kind of how I am, especially when it's a race's first event. I know from just kind of brief knowing Battle of the Lions, they are two different OCRs that merge together. So obviously they know how to host an event, but I'm kind of always like a wait and see and uh, see what see what comes out of them. And then Adam's just calendar. Between the three of us, yes, we are all going to be in Savage, Maryland, but we're definitely interested in these other races out um, on May 1st. So if you are in southeastern U.S. or close to Dallas, definitely go check out Battle of the Lions. They're worth taking a look at. And if you are in the Midwest, definitely go try your hand at um, Highlander Assault Dark Ages. I've heard amazing things about that event. I believe this is their second year having the Dark Ages, um, and I've only heard great things about it. But moving right along through May, we're still waiting to see if things like Spartan Boston is going to go on and Big Bear's been canceled. There are other races popping up here and there. Um, Bone Frog, City Challenge Race. But the next one that we find most noteworthy is actually Hildervat. Guys, have you heard all of the rage about this Hildervat race? I mean, they're doing a phenomenal job with their marketing and uh, just kind of, not necessarily marketing, but like just, you know, buzzwords and, you know, word of mouth and just kind of hyping it up. Because honestly, I don't really know a whole lot about the race itself. I just know that it's a thing and that there'll be a lot of big names at it. That's pretty much all I know. Teach you a little bit about what that race is. So Hildervat is going to be out at Jacksonville Beach in Jacksonville, Florida. They are running a tournament-style obstacle course race challenge. It is going to be a, I believe, 5K course. And Charles, correct me if I'm wrong, because you have that document open. And they are doing laps of their obstacle course. So you are going through the course in laps. So it is very much a viewer-friendly obstacle course race where you run down the beach and you run back and um, the spectators can see pretty much the entire race. So they are bringing in some big-name pros to run this tournament style. According to the information they sent us, the course itself consists of a half-mile oval packed with A-plus obstacles and a quarter out-and-back run with carries and crawls. Run three laps. This makes for an explosive tactical race that we can custom design to challenge the athletes on heavy carries, functional movements, grip strength, obstacle efficiency, and, of course, running. Their big thing is um, the athletes with the most tools in their toolbox 
are going to be the ones that succeed. So with each lap, you learn more and more about the obstacle. So you can figure out which technique is going to get you through the quickest. And the people that can maximize their techniques are going to be the ones that come out on top. Yeah, this is definitely one of those races I'm more, I mean, I would like to run it, but I'm almost more interested in actually just being a spectator at this one because of the format and the way we're going to be able to see these athletes kind of like go against each other. Um, Because, I mean, it's always really fun to see a race just in its regular format, but like I love the idea of seeing them actually compete against each other to uh, to take over the next uh, take over the next spot. It reminds me kind of of that Spartan Cross. Is that what it's called? Spartan Cross, the yeah, new yep. short course that they're doing. Like we definitely need a way to have a more spectator friendly race. So, like, imagine if Hildervat like decided to put their race inside a stadium and filled the stadium up and they just had these athletes cycling through and it was, you know, a knockoff tournament where, you know, you start with eight people and you go head to head and then by the end of it, you only have the two people facing and it's just a day of jam-packed action. Yeah, being on the beach is great, but I would love to see this in a stadium. And just also on top of that, they're not only running these pro waves, but uh, they are running an elite heat as well. And the pro and elite heat are 100% completion because they are moving away from a a burpee penalty. So I think they are just running the 100% completion on this one for the pro and elite wave. As everyone should. They are working on obstacles for this stuff. They currently have a low rig. Uh, Matt Kempson's working on a rig for them. And... So also they have an interesting concept on their like weights. So they have, for example, they have heavy carry with different weights. So let's say if you can't lift the heaviest stone or bar, you can opt out for a lighter one, but you will have to run an extra 25 yards. So I think that's a little interesting. Like that's part of that risk reward they were looking to like get out of it. So it's like instead of like taking what we've brought up many times, the burpee gamble, where you decide, like, I think I can out-burpee this person. This is one of those of, like, shit, this stone is too heavy, so I'm going to go lighter, and then I'm going to sprint my ass off for 25 yards. But they they are also running this event on May 22nd and 23rd, so it's a Saturday, Sunday. Yeah, I believe um, that Sunday is going to be, like, the final showdown with their elites. It looks like an incredible event. So it's the end of May going into June. Where do we go from here? Looking at the first week of June, there are a few races on here that um, spark a little interest. So one is one that, Derek, I know we had talked about, Goliathon. Can you tell us a little bit more about Goliathon? What is it and why should obstacle course racers check it out? So Goliathon has honestly been one of my, if not the most favorite event that I do year over year. Um, they're at least in my top three, uh, without question. So Goliathon is kind of a unique one because they're not a race. So their whole tagline is it's not a race, it's a mission. So it's a whole non-for-profit organization. Um, all of the registration and any, um, money spent on merch or anything there goes 100% to, um, their charity and their foundation, which, um, goes to help, um, getting clean water to 
a particular like third world um, country. Uh, every year it, it kind of changes. Um, that it, that's what makes it so cool is that it's a total non-for-profit, but what makes it different is that, like they said earlier, it's, it's not a race. So there's no time element, although they did just recently add within the last, I think year or two, a time limit. You can be on course because people like myself are spending like 15 hours on course, but um, it's more of a ninja event. So there's a, uh, what, 12 obstacles total and it's all point-based. So you have three different tier levels for every obstacle, which they label as G1, G2, and G3. The kind of trick and caveat is that you only get one attempt, and you have to pick which difficulty you want. You can't say, I'm going to try G3, which is the hardest, fail it, and then go do G2 or G1. You have to kind of go into it and have confidence in what your abilities are. So for G1, you get one point. For G2, um, you get uh, three points. And G3, you get five points. I had to think about that for a minute. It's, it's been a while. It's been like a year and a half since I've done Goliathon because thanks, COVID. But so you have a perfect score, which is uh, 60. 12 obstacles, you G3, all of them at 60 points. So it's all point-based. So there's a lot of strategy involved, but it's basically a ninja event. Um, so even though it's more of a ninja event and not really an obstacle course race, you see a ton of OCR people go out there because it's a really good way to become more obstacle efficient for races like Savage and things like that that have rigs because, well, the whole thing is just obstacles. So one of my favorite events, uh, highly, highly recommend it. It's for a great cause. And again, you'll see obstacles that you'll never see in actual races. And it's pretty much like Ninja Warrior, except outside. It's very cool stuff. So it sounds like that would be a perfect race to train for OCRWC because at OCRWC, we have no idea what we're going to see. Um, it's more about adapting to whatever you're facing instead of getting used to, you know, insert obstacle here. Exactly. That's amazing. That's one that I've been meaning to get to. But of course, COVID happened and it, I couldn't get out there last year. With that same day, this is June 5th that we are talking about. There is a Battle of the Lions. There Kansas City. Um, race. Charles, do you know what the Kansas City race is? Um, strength. Okay, so their strength event is on um, June 5th out there in Kansas City if you are out in that area. But also out in Colorado that day, we have Cirrus Ruck event. Guys, have you heard what's going on at, at Cirrus Fitness out in Colorado? I have oh. not. I'll be honest, I didn't know about them. Okay. So Cirrus was a, or they are, a race company that just opened a facility out in Colorado. They're just outside of the Boulder area. And they put on two races every year. They have their Ruck event and they have their Love event. So they are obstacle course races. The Ruck obviously comes with a rucksack. but they have some wicked awesome obstacles. In fact, they have an obstacle called a polyon where it's this long ass rig. You have to you start on what like a ninja step, devil's staircase, whatever, transition over into a rig, which then eventually goes to a low rig and back to a high rig to finish off and ring the bell. And apparently OCRWC has been asking them for it for years. 
and they just can't really afford to get it out there. So they have not sent it to OCRWC, but it looks like, to me at least, one of the most amazing obstacles that I've seen, and I want to give it a try. They're featuring this obstacle and a bunch of other rigs, not only at their Ruck and Love courses, but they're also running challenges throughout their gym where they have these like fitness competitions where it's indoor outdoor challenges with the obstacles and with different um, fitness stations and whatever else. And it's a team event with either two or four people. So this is one gym I've been meaning to check out and hearing more and more about their challenges and about their races, something that sparks my interest and, God, I really want to see this um, Apollyon obstacle. It seems like a lot of these uh, smaller races always seem to come up with these larger, one-of-a-kind obstacles you're only going to see out there. So that is always kind of a draw when it comes to, like, these races like Cirrus, or we have the, like, Howard and Mudrun brought along the floating walls, and how Fit Challenge has like specific events. So it is always like very interesting and is always very alluring to have these races out there where you haven't heard of them. Because honestly, like I said, I didn't know about them. So the fact that they have this like obstacle that seems wildly challenging and is also you can only go do it there. You are kind of like, oh boy, maybe I do have to go out there. Yeah, I mean, it kind of plays on the whole thing of, oh, okay, sorry again, people can't see, but Megan showed me a video of this rig and it looks dope. Oh, no, I've seen. Yeah, no, I've definitely seen this. I saw someone put this on their story last year and did this rig. It looked insane where there's the high and the low part. Yeah, no, I've definitely seen this. This rig looks awesome. Um, But yeah, no, I mean, kind of um, going off of what you were saying, Charles, um, I think, you know, the races, you know, these local races are like one off races kind of have to do something to draw people in. Because like you said, they either don't know about it. So if you see a video like Megan's currently showing me right now and you see or hear someone talking about a particular obstacle that you can only do at that race, it's going to draw in a bigger crowd. Um, and those race companies kind of need that kind of sustain themselves. Um, so I think that's why you see more unique stuff rather than your typical run of the mill like, all right, here's monkey bars. And guys, we'll try to get this video up on our Instagram this week, hopefully. Um, we'll, we'll ask them if we can post it, but it is definitely an obstacle that I think everybody should see and try because it looks like the most badass obstacle I've ever seen personally. So, oh, so, okay. So yeah, so kind of along the same exact day, but kind of changing continents here, uh, rat race over in the UK. Uh, I honestly don't really know a whole lot about rat race, but I've heard tremendous things. And that's also the same day on uh, June 5th. But again, kind of just across the pond, they're a UK-only race. Although I know, Charles, you said, I think they're starting an adventure race series here in the US at some t- uh, at some point. But Rat Race is one that I've always wanted to do. Again, I really don't know much about it other than from what I'm told, it's basically like a giant party with some OCR mixed in. Uh, basically, the best way someone explained to me was, think of a rave or a big like, you know, multi-day music event with an OCR race thrown in. And that's Rat Race. Um, so definitely one I want to check out. Uh, I just haven't had a chance to because obviously they haven't had a race now in a year or two. And I think their next race isn't planned until 2022 because of the whole COVID's you know, nonsense. But they are bringing Adventure Race over to the U.S. I don't know much about it. Charles, do you know anything else about the U.S.-based one? 
Um, no, I do not. So it looks like the race on June 5th is one of their adventure races. And their first are the Rat Race Dirty Weekend, which is their obstacle course race in Stamford, UK, is on May 7th, 2022. I'm looking over this like that is something I want to get to. Have you never looked at it before? It actually does look dope. Like, no, I haven't. I was t- so when, I, when when we were over in London, I was talking to a, a couple people that live there and they were saying that like literally it's think of a music festival, but for OCR and that's Rat Race. No, this is amazing. I'm definitely adding that to my list for 2022. Coming up smack dab in the middle of June. On the 19th, you, we have a race called Black Swamp Runner. Now, if you ran NORAM 2019, they had an obstacle there and it was kind of this like traver- kind of like a traverse wall, but with posts and it had the little foot shaped footholds and handholds on it. That was from Black Swamp Runner. So far, just talking back and forth with them, this seems like a race a lot more people should know of. And they're a race it, uh, based out of Ohio. And like I said, June 19th is their event this year. Everybody should definitely give it a check it out. But just to go over their brief history and what they're offering. So Black Swamp Runner was is a race owned by a small town husband and wife started this race. They wanted to build a course that we would like and keep it affordable. So not only people could enjoy it, but they could actually afford to bring their family to share the experience. They've run all types of events from the basic beginner courses to the elite courses designed for the top 1% athletes. Their idea was to have a course that anyone could come and complete and not feel discouraged and top athletes could also do and be challenged. The industry generally chooses to go one direction or the other. Our challenge was to do both and do it well. They decided to build obstacles that were unique by offering either a challenge side for anyone and an elite side for advanced athletes. Our race is a 5K, and they also offer a multi-lap option. I'm noticing that as a trend with a lot of people, actually, a lot lot now, is to do the multi-lap option. You can do as many laps as you want until 1 p.m. Their early waves are timed, and they're the qualifier for OCR World Champs. They have a mandatory obstacle completion using bands. The twist is, during the timed wave, all runners must complete the extreme side of the obstacles, but if they can't, then they have to complete the challenge side. So are you all ready for this one? Remember how you freaked out about the 40-foot obstacle? Yeah, (laughs) they have one obstacle called Bigfoot. 60 foot long, multi-level rig. What? 60 foot, multi-level rig. That's crazy. I want to do Uh, it. It it has a penalty run if it can't be completed. And there is no challenge side. So what kind of attachments do they put on this rig? I don't know. Do we know what, what's the completion rate of this rig? Doesn't say. Do we have a video of this rig? Probably they did send me stuff, but I haven't been able to watch it. They did send me promotional stuff. We will have to get that up on our Instagram. Yeah, I kind of like that. I mean, like you said, with the other race, there's always a little bit of mystery on what's on these rigs, and that's kind of how it should be. We could go and look at, like, the old versions, but do we know if that's what we're going to get in 2021? We don't know could be something completely different they have two signature obstacles they have bigfoot like we just talked about and littlefoot uh they designed bigfoot to challenge even the top athletes and littlefoot uh the obstacle that was on noram okay that was on there littlefoot is a type of obstacle that at first glance you say well that looks easy and then once you uh once you're on it you seem realize it's a little task tasking has a series of boards, each 32 inches apart, just sounding familiar. Um, you have to transition from board to board. The footholds are actually feet cutouts that are placed at different heights and angles. 
the norm only got a glimpse of the obstacle as the true challenge is to try it with uh when the footholds are covered with well their terrain which is a swamp with mud so we have the dry version at noram they do offer finisher medals they are handmade by sandy um who is one of the owners of the race this year they're four inch wood owls, so they're wooden medals laser engraved right at home age group awards are different sized black swamp runner foot cutouts with the image of the swamp laser engraved also all runners get a free shirt but once again this is a husband and wife team that does all this they design everything they do their obstacles they do their medals they do their merch this is like completely run by them and i think that's one of the very impressive things that is this is just a husband and wife team who wanted to br- like bring their version of ocr to the sport this is something i definitely want to run because i've heard about them basically obviously like we heard about them from noram and i've always been kind of like huh i want to know a little bit more about them but i've never actually like dug around until we talked to him for this and now that i've talked to him and i've like looked at their looked at their videos and their photos i'm like this is definitely something i want to run but i think for a lot of us who like to travel this is the one downside for them and it's because they're on June 19th and the following weekend, June 26th, you could probably argue the Ohio race of the year. Uh, Indian Mud Run is happening June 26th. Charles, you are very correct. Personally, I am going out to Indian Mud Run. If I could get to Ohio for two weekends in a row, I would, of course, go out and run Black Swamp Dash. But I know you guys know that I personally believe Indian Mud Run is hands down the best obstacle course to run if you are preparing to go out to OCRWC. Yeah, I like we've talked about Indian Mud Run more than one episode for us. So I think it's pretty well known like we are going to go run Indian Mud Run. And I don't know if there's really much more we could actually say about it besides that, like, this is the, I would say, Indian Mud Run. It happens in June. This is where you really get to test your training for OCR World Champs. Yeah, definitely. This is probably where you're going to see some obstacles for OCR World Champs. This is going to, that's going to be really where you find out, like, hey, how did my, how did my obstacle training go in this, in this off season? Well, Indian Mud Run is where you're going to find out. I mean, we could sit and wax poetically about Indian Mud Run for a while, but I think we've done it a good amount on this, on our episodes in the past. Like, would y'all agree? Oh, yeah. I'm definitely an Indian Mud Run fangirl. So we are moving into July already. What do we got going on in July? Okay, so I guess, yeah, we are up to Palmerton weekend because really nothing happens 4th of July weekend anyways. So Palmerton weekend is also... Savage Race Boston. This is where I have consistently been conflicted because I've been wanting to run Savage for years, but I've also had a major vendetta with Palmerton since the first day I ever ran it. Guys, where are you headed in July? I had on my calendar also Savage Race Boston, but I know that is one of those things where like, we don't know actually if that's going to happen. Are they confirmed? Yes, Savage Bo- Savage has confirmed all of the races. Sam has gone on record, and I quote, it would have to put a gun to my head to take away any of our races this year. Okay, They've already gotten approval from all government officials in every state that they're in for all of the races. So unless something changes between now and then, um, they've been approved by all government official parties for every state that they're in for all of their scheduled races. 
as a Bostonian, I don't see races happening for a little while still. Because right now we are number one in that Brazil variant for the fun COVID. Our race, our, our cases are going up every single day. Um, we just moved into phase four, part one, where they're allowing 12% of um, stadiums to be full at games. And there are no races, festivals, um, and your outdoor event capacity must remain 150 or less. So can Savage Race Boston happen? I'm really hoping that we have moved on past into the racing phase by then. I don't think Spartan Boston is going to happen. I am really hopeful for Savage Boston. And if it happens, I will be there. But right now, I'm not holding my breath. I mainly have Savage Boston on my counter because I've actually only run Savage Race Maryland, so I've never gone to another Savage location. So I'm always just kind of like, July for me was very open in terms of what race I wanted to do. And I was like, oh, Savage Boston. I mean, like I could finally get that second, a different location and see what it's like elsewhere. Because I mean, Savage Maryland's been the same spot every single time. So I would like to see at least what, what they can do with another race location and see what their courses look like there. Um farm i've it's on the same one as spartan boston correct uh the old spartan boston oh okay old spartan boston yeah Yeah. and for me i mean i'm going to palmerton two reasons one um i don't like to try as much as i love savage i will not travel that far for a one day race day for just a regular savage whereas palmerton is usually a two-day race day and i can drive there same day because it's in pa it's only an hour and 45 minutes from where i live so um and it's also my first ever OCR I did back in 2013, 2014. I'm wearing the 2014 shirt now. So yeah, 2013. Because I think the shirt I had before this was 2013. Maybe even 2012. And, and because you hate yourself. Because that race is miserable. It is. and uh, But that's the first race that got me into OCR. I think it was because it was so miserable and hot. And it's the hottest humid race on this freaking planet every man. year. Oh, man. I've retired from that location. Honestly, I think Palmerton is more miserable than Killington. Yeah, in terms of heat, totally. Well, it's because it's like a million percent humidity, which doesn't help. Well, yeah. But if anybody is running Killington, Palmerton is definitely a race that you should get to. And if you can multi-lap it, if multi-lapping is a thing by then, definitely aim to multi-lap if you are running the ultra at Killington. And um, stay hydrated because otherwise you're risking heat exhaustion. Yeah, don't end up like me. I didn't bring water on my last one. I messed up real bad. Blacked out a twister. Woke up at the next obstacle. Just saying. It's not the best way. You don't want to wake up going into the dunk wall. I definitely was on, was bordering heat exhaustion my first trip out to Palmerton. It was so miserable. Every time I've had heat exhaustion. Every single time. I can't do it. That's why I retired. Too old for this shit. Following Spartan Palmerton and the Savage Boston weekend, the very next weekend is Spartan Utah. guys, hopefully that is when the Spartan National Series resumes. This is an amazing, absolutely beautiful venue. They are going to have that ultra out there. They're having the beast um, personally for me. I love that venue, and if anybody is looking to run at Tahoe, this is a great course to get out and run. I'm considering this event because it's 
two days before my birthday, so I'm considering doing that. But it's also like I've been to Utah and I also just love the look of that state. So it's like that's another bonus. This is definitely one of those races where I know we always travel to a race and just do the race that weekend and come back. If you're going to go to Utah, definitely give yourself some days to look around because they have some beautiful national parks there. Like the only place you'll be able to see canyons like that. Yep, it's definitely on my list. I haven't been to Utah and I would love that's one of the ones where I would make a destination race. I probably can't do it this year with work. But like you said, I mean, you got Zion and everything there. So like you literally have to go and do some of the stuff because you just can't see that kind of stuff anywhere else in the country. And Derek, for you, that would also be great training for Leadville. It would. I just probably still can't go. (laughs) Well, figure that shit out. Get to Utah. Awesome. Well, guys, I don't see any other races of high importance in July. You know what we do have coming up at the beginning of August, though, right? What's that? We have the Highlander Assault, their full race on August 7th. I am excited for that race. Why are you excited for that race? Um, I have heard phenomenal things about Highlander Assault. They are going to be having their caper carry in OCRWC this year. They also have their King Arthur's Challenge, which is their um multi-lap endurance challenge um they they have their mandatory obstacle elite heat um they're offering those race ready obstacle again um they're just going to be a really challenging awesome course they uh to just kind of tack on to this king arthur's challenge i think one thing that's really cool is when the winner of the king arthur challenge wins a real crown and sits on the king's throne upon completion. Interesting. Right? I'm all about the medals and the bonus stuff. And I was like, after hearing that, I'm like, you get a crown? Like, you get to keep it? Sounds pretty dope. Yeah, Highlander Assault, it's a world championship qualifier. They offer their four different events. They have a four mile, an eight mile, and a 12 mile, and the endurance event, which is the King Arthur Challenge, which is 26.2 mile. I believe the eight mile is the Highlander Assault uh race correct yes and we do have some brief background on highlander assault their crew are all avid ocr guys they're not the hardcore competitors but the guys that just love to get out there and play they started originally working with other race companies and wanted to form their own uh they are law enforcement and veteran owned and came up with a scottish themed ocr because one of the guys on the team always wore and ran in kilts uh, another owner is Scottish and the bagpipes have a strong tie to law enforcement ceremony. So that's kind of where they got their little bit of the kilt background and their theme to it. Obviously the Highlander name itself. Uh, they took the idea, uh, and came up with the Highlander, uh, the Highland games themed obstacles, like their caber carry, which we mentioned where the participant has to carry a nine foot wooden pole, 40 pounds, vertical, uh, 40 pounds, roughly you carry it vertically for 60 yards. They have archery and other unique Scottish style surprises. They've paired obstacles like this with traditional obstacles. And there you have it. They, you have the Highlander Assault. I'm super excited for this. Plus, it's my birthday weekend. So I am going to make a full weekend in Chicago. Also, their claim, undoubtedly have the most kilts you have ever seen at an OCR event. I love it. I think I'm going to have to pull out one of my many... Um, skirts from my dropkick murphy's concerts me and megan are signed up for this event we do have a team also for that event uh posted if people want to join 
But uh, this may I may also have to dust off my McDonald clan Scottish kilt as well. Yeah. And that's Highlander Assault happening on August 7th. Also happening on August 7th, you have a Battle of the Lions. That is going to be their endurance race happening out at Oklahoma City. Um, And you also have Savage Race Pennsylvania. Derek, anything you can say about Savage Pennsylvania? Be careful on the turns. Those who have gone know what I'm talking about. It's, I mean, it's typical Savage Race, so if you've been to a Savage Race, you'll know what to expect. Uh, but the course itself is on a paintball course, a very big one in PA called Skirmish. And on a lot of areas, they have, like, um, like the little plastic pallets that, like, grocery stores use for, like, Pepsi and stuff. They have those down for the paintball players, but they're in course. So imagine taking a turn with muddy OCR shoes. Yeah, there's a lot of wipeouts, so be careful on your turns. Other than that, typical Savage um, I mean, I love it. I definitely like Maryland and other venues more, but it's a very rocky um, course. I mean, it's Pennsylvania. Everything here is rocky. But other than that, typical Savage. Coming up uh, after that on August 21st, we have already talked with them earlier on in the episode, but you do have the Fit Challenge Noob Sanity uh, 12-hour event on August 21st. So you do have that. Make sure to sign up for that and get out there and do that event. But the coming up the weekend after on August 28th, we have Muddy Buffalo. And this is one of these races I've I've known about. Uh, they've been on my radar for a while, but I never like never really looked at them, never really like looked into it because this is I honestly I think this is actually the only OCR based out of Buffalo, New York. So Western New York doesn't get a lot of love, but this is like this is their event. So talking with Joseph Bo, he is one of the founders of Muddy Buffalo. And I got to spend some time talking with him on the phone and kind of going over the history of it. And we can kind of play out our interview and really give you a pitch for this race, because I actually do think it is really important, especially for their area. As far as the sport itself goes, you know, like like most of us, it was. um I had uh, I had a good friend of mine who our kids grew up together. They played football, um, wrestled together, and and we, both of us had interest in fitness. And uh, you know, so we bring the kids to football practice or wrestling, and we always had something else. You know, like with football practice, we'd go to the track and kind of put a little workout together and ran some five Ks and ten Ks together. And um, you know, like a lot of people, that gets a little stagnant. And uh, you know, the sport of OCR was kind of lurking in the background and we're like hey let's try one of these races and that's uh you know kind of took off from there we were hoping that we would get something in the buffalo area and it never happened so we um i used to camp i I had a a seasonal camper at at a local campground and they had miles and miles of trails around their 500 acres of property and my friend John, who I, I started the event with, I had asked him to come out one year when I was packing up the camper. And I said, hey, well, you know, give me a hand. And when we're done, we'll, we'll, we'll take a run on the trails. And, uh, and we did. And it was, it was kind of like a, the stars all just aligned at one point. We hit, I had never run those trails for all the years I had been camping there. Surprisingly, um, as much as I ran, it was the i go to the campsite and it was just to get away and relax and running what really wasn't on my mind while i was there and like i said when i brought john out there and he helped me pack up we hit the trails 
and the trails were amazing. And we said, hey, why don't we just, if no, no other events are coming to Western New York, why don't we just create our own? And, uh, and that's pretty much what we did. We approached the campground owners and, and pitched the race to them, and, and she jumped on board and said, hey, let's do it. And uh, that's pretty much where it started. We did our first year at, uh, at the campground, and um, real, you know, knowing that most Spartan races are at ski resorts, there was, you know, we have a couple ski resorts, local ski resorts here in Western York area, and um, didn't really want, I mean, there's Holiday Valley and Kissing Bridge, and those are bigger, but um, Buffalo Ski Club, um, Buffalo Ski Center now, they changed their name, but um, they, uh, they're a smaller venue, um, real family-oriented, and we knew we probably would have had a better shot with them, uh, approaching them with the event, being that we were just a small event, and, you know, they're a small venue, and the same thing, they got back to us, and we're all on board for it and said, let's do it. And, um, you know, that's pretty much where it started and it's grown from there this year. And I don't, I haven't really looked into other events. I know Spartan's been canceling races all over the place and, but our numbers this year are bigger than they've ever been at, at this time. And, uh, you know, we're pretty excited for it. And, uh, I think this could really be a, um, a year that could take us to a place that we've like numbers that we've always wanted to achieve. And I, I think this year could do it, really do it for us. Um, so I, you know, I'm really looking forward to it and really excited uh, about what we're going to, what we're going to put out there for an event for, for 2021. What is it that makes um, Muddy Buffalo such a unique uh, race and experience that uh, should definitely bring that you'd like more people to come out and experience last year i i was always worried about the race being too challenging and last year i increased the distance of some of the carries um added more hills and um i guess and and the feedback that i got with that was very positive everybody that that came out last year said you know what the race this year was harder than it's ever been but so much fun and we can't wait to come back so i guess you know for us i i, I like to think that we've found a great balance between being fun but being challenging people definitely want to come back again where it wasn't so hard that they're saying oh hell no i'm definitely not going back to muddy buffalo um and and i think too the just the tight knit <clears throat> atmosphere is is also a big draw but the the uniqueness of it i think is definitely the hills which you get at a lot of other events you know a lot of others like killington and um palmerton you know that you, you get crushed on the hills but <clears throat> for us for smaller events and for people that don't normally do or that, that don't do a, a lot of ocrs like some of us do they aren't familiar with that. And then when they get to experience it, you know, that, that'll bring them back. So I guess, um, you know, as, as a whole to answer your question is that we bring the challenge of some of these bigger events to a local event. A lot of our obstacles are similar that you would see at any race. Um, but I think so. it's pretty much the hills and the balance that we found between the challenge and fun. 
of it. Thanks so much for talking with me about this today. Um, I love we love to spotlight our uh, local races because we've been in the sport for so long that they kind of get you come across like the same courses with the big guys. So you always want to you always want to find the smaller races, and it's much more of a it's much more of a family feel, like a camaraderie yeah. feeling with everybody. So that's what we strive to like look forward to, and hopefully get more people to focus on. Yeah, but I really appreciated too the offer. You know, when Russ got a hold of me and said you guys, you know, that you wanted to have a conversation and find out more about the event, um, it was pretty exciting. You know, because that's what we want to do is continue to grow the sport and get the word out there. So thank you. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. Thank you for talking with me. It's been great. I wanted to put my uh, when we came up with the topic. I was like, oh, there's this one race. What do you yeah. want to know about? Um, so I didn't want to talk about that. So thank you for talking with us. And hopefully, yeah, we can get some more people signed up for your event. And uh, yeah, hopefully in August you'll uh, you'll have a pretty pretty good turnout, especially once everything opens back up around that time. Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. So thank you for talking with me today. Absolutely. Thank you, Charles. I really appreciate it. And you have a great weekend. Thank you. You too. Okay, man. Thanks. Bye-bye. So again, I want to give a thanks to Joseph Bow and Muddy Buffalo for talking with me and getting information out there. And since this is in August, we're going into September, which is when Killington happens. And then actually OCR World Champs is in September, isn't it? Yes, it is. Okay. Yep. I was still going off of the old schedule from last year. So going into September where we have Killington happening and we also technically we have Tahoe and OCR World Champs happening. So you have these Three big mountain races happening. Muddy Buffalo, like you said in the interview, is on a ski resort. This is a really good option to get out there and train more on mountains, get those hikes in, test those legs out, and really see where you're sitting because you're only going to be a few weeks away from that event at that point. Yeah, Muddy Buffalo has definitely been a race that's been on my radar. It just always seems to fall on a um, less than stellar weekend in fact the this is the exact same weekend as spartan west virginia which spartan west virginia is always an incredible venue um so if you do not make the trek to west virginia definitely go out to muddy buffalo in buffalo new york Mm, definitely get out to buffalo new york have a garbage plate, get some poutine, get some wings from Anchor Bar. Also get them from Duff's show. Thank you. Get them from Duff. And drink a Labatt Tim- Blue. Get a Labatt Blue. I was going to say, hit up a Tim Hortons. No, <laughs> some, Tim Hortons is garbage. I'm sorry. Oh, don't hey, don't even garbage. say that. Don't you, nope. Don't you dare. <laughs> Move garbage. it along. Tim Move Hortons along. is the best. <laughs> get yourself a double-double. It's... <laughs> And you're good to go. So, so moving into September on September 4th, you do have the one Conquer the Gauntlet event happening this year. And it's their 10th anniversary event. Honestly, I did not know they were around for 10 years. I didn't either. Didn't know they were around for 10 years, but this is their one event. And I think actually for all three of us, Conquer the Gauntlet has been one of those races that we are like, I want to do one. But we never traveled to it. We never got it on our schedule. Yep. <laughs> and now it's like, I really do want to push them because it is a little concerning to see a race event only have one event on their schedule. Granted, it's their big one. So I'm hoping maybe this is just like be safe for 2021 with COVID and then 2022, maybe more stuff comes out. Obviously, we didn't reach out and talk to them and see what was kind of going on. But if your weekend is open on September 4th, 
get out there and run the, run their 10th anniversary. Yes. It's in Bix, it's in Bixby, Oklahoma. So if you're in the Midwest, if you're in the what is that? The Midwest, Mid-South? I don't know oh. what it's referred to, but as somebody yeah. for, who's from Wisconsin, I don't consider it the Midwest. I'm geographically disabled, yeah. so <laughs> if you're out there, it's in Bixby, Oklahoma, 4.1 miles, 30 obstacles. Best time ever is only 38 minutes and 42 seconds. So if you think you can beat it, this is your chance. And average time on course is about an hour 20, which is not bad. Okay. And then, guys, I think we are coming up to one of the biggest race weekends of the year. You know what weekend it is. That is Killington weekend, September 11th and 12th. Where are you guys headed? This is a toss up for me because also on September 11th is supposed to be the Nationals Park Stadium race. I don't think it's going to happen. It's my DC is barely open. I don't think it's going to happen, but I'm going to be running it with your world champs. So I as much as I love Killington, I will may be there just to spectate for the ultras. And that's about it. I don't think I'm going to be running it. Killington is also one of those courses that I have had horrendous luck on. Um, I just don't do well in open sky like climbs. So basically ski resorts. I don't do well on them. Um, you do know Stratton's on a ski resort in Vermont, right? Yeah, but we only do it like we only do it like one or two t- climbs. I don't know. <laughs> but like, I don't know. I just Killington. I got some problems with that with that location. But I'll, I may be there to support. We have uh, our buddy Matt's going for the third attempt on the Killington Ultra. So I would like to be there to at least like support him that way. But that, that may be about it. And for me, I'm going to take a hard left and go do Savage Maryland again, because that's also the same weekend. Um, oh, is it? It is. Uh, they've done that the last two years. And I love Killington, but again, not an endurance guy. Although, actually, maybe I should do Killington in prep for my 100. But again, it's an eight and a half hour drive one way versus something a race I can drive to same day. I don't have to do lodging. It's easier for work. I, can only, I don't have to take off any work, really. Um, so that's the only reason why I do I'm doing Savage Maryland, but uh, it's it's hard because I do love Killington and I get to see a lot of people I don't always get to see at Killington because it's such a big northeast race. Um, Killington is like the summer camp weekend. It's like Spartan summer camp. Everybody just kind of goes out to the middle of nowhere. I mean, cell phone service is spotty and you know there's nothing really around. Nothing's really open. You get these massive ski houses with people you don't know or people you haven't seen in a year. And it is just one big party, but like everybody is there to embrace the suck. And, and you know, you have people screaming at you because they have to wake up at four o'clock in the morning to be out for their (laughs) 6am start time. And then you are out on the ski resort until nine o'clock at night, waiting for them to come in. Uh I mean, just watching the headlamps coming down the mountain um, it it is unlike anything else you will see in this sport. Killington is the most iconic Spartan race venue in my eyes. And if anybody is planning to run OCRWC in Stratton, this is one race that should be on your schedule, not to race race, but this should be a training race for you. Also, to add on to that summer camp vibe, everyone's always eating at like the same three restaurants. 
<laughs> yes. And then and then they, Sunday morning. They only have uh, three restaurants. Oh, yeah. And then Sunday morning, everyone's waiting for like three hours to get into Sugar Shack. Yes. Wait, Derek, <laughs> is that where we went? Yeah, uh, so it's uh, what, Sugar and Spice? Is that what you're talking about? Sugar and Spice, excuse me, correct. Oh, my gosh, yes. so good. Yeah. Sugar yeah, and spice. The breakfast is bomb, but like you said, if you don't get there at a decent time, you will wait three hours outside to get your table, and you damn well better wait. <laughs> you get to sit there with all the Spartans, and then the poor local people who are just like, who are you people? We're just trying <laughs> to have, have my, my Sunday brunch. What the yeah. fuck? <laughs> Everybody's wearing the same shirts. We're all wearing medals for some reason. It's great. Yeah, so definitely one that's hard to miss in the OCR world. Um, after that, I mean... That comes the big boy, right? I mean, I don't think there's anything else between Killington and the next one we're going to talk about, right? Actually, yeah, there there are. And I'm going to tell a little story because we are leading into a race. And it, it's a venue that you and I, Derek, have been to. But um, this is where I'm going to give a shout out to Russ at OCR Buddy because you guys can't see it. But I am actually just scrolling through OCR Buddy this entire podcast as we go through the entire race calendar to make sure that we're not missing anything. But last year, my sister was supposed to get married in Ireland. It was supposed to be on the Killington weekend. She was going to get married on Sunday. And when I found out my sister was getting married in Ireland in September, my first thought was, oh my God, please don't let it be Killington weekend. Found out it was. And my next reaction was, okay, what races are going on? in Ireland and the UK that I can get to. And there was, in fact, a race going on or that was supposed to be going on and then COVID happened. And I begged all of my family to let me do it. Ultimately, they weren't going to because I was going to be the maid of honor. But Nuclear Races has a race that weekend. And if you guys haven't heard of Nuclear Races, this is the venue that OCRWC held um, their race at the past two years, obviously not 2020, but 2018, 2019. And they are known for their ungodly amount of mud and their nuclear forest. So nuclear races is a permanent training facility with some of the most incredible obstacles. And they put on their own race series throughout the course of the year. This is the most iconic UK um, race brand, and um, they host races all throughout the year. Nuclear has a couple of different courses, like like Megan said. They have a 7K and a 12K course for the adults, and a 1.5K and a 3K course for the kids, so the whole family can get involved. Yeah. They have a version called Oblivion Extreme, starts at 8.30 a.m. on the Sunday, with a group of hardcore obstacle racers taking on laps of the 12K course for eight and a half hours. I can't imagine doing a 12K course for eight and a half hours. They have the nuclear three-team event as well, using the 5 to 6K of the existing course and obstacles, but as a team of three and with specific team obstacles too. Nuclear Rush is their loaded obstacle event between 90 to 100 on the longest distance. 90 to 100 obstacles. Hey, they did that at 2018 OCRWC. We had 100 obstacles. So they do. Obviously, they are a OCRWC qualifying. Their waves start each day are mandatory completion with penalties, which can be anything from carrying uh, anything from carrying something 
drag to burpees or bear crawling around a marker. They also do have nuclear blast day event and nuclear blackout, which is their night event. The format is different and has, with all our other events, the course layout changes with every race. Blast is a 5K lap course loaded with obstacles covering different land, terrain, woodland, and water on the farm. Two-hour cutoff, and you can pack it as many laps as you can. Okay, and then their blackout version is kind of the same format, but it happens at night. So race starts at dusk into sundown, and you're going to need a headlamp for the whole thing. And then they do... um, Wow, they have a lot of different events. They do. They have a lot. Uh, And then they have nuclear fallout, which is their beast of an event. It's designed to test. It's always cold and it can be windy and wet. So, you know, people who really love Tough Mudder, this may be your uh, bread and butter right here. This is a 7K and a 14K event happens in November. It is not for the unfit. That is exactly what they told us. (laughs) It is not for the unfit. And we do recommend training for it, but it still is fun. So, like, my experience with nuclear races is I've always seen kind of coverage with it to see who can get what obstacles done. And I know they do have a bunch of different obstacles. So we did ask them like what their signature obstacles were. And they have a good amount of them. But uh, the one is apparently they have a free fall death slide. Oh my gosh. So fun. I have no idea what this is. So did they have this at OCRWC? Yes. So it's literally think of Colossus for Savage Race. Just instead of going down at like an angle, again, I know you can't see me people listening, but instead of going straight down in the water, it actually ramps up like a mega ramp would in like the X Games. Uh, And depending on how you're sitting, you kind of flip upside down and sideways and end up in the water all disoriented. Um, Pretty much ass ass up in the air every time. Um, But it's more of like a ramp slide. Um, Yeah. And they shoot you straight up in the air and then you have like this nice little swim that goes along with it. And the water, that is like two degrees. It's so cold. So is it like, uh, I mean, you said they have Colossus. Is it also similar to what Indian Mud Run has as well? Because Indian Mud Run has that sh- short slide. Or is that um, It's It's bigger. Yeah, so think of that, but with like an actual ramp at the end. So we're instead of just going straight down into the water, like it ramps up. Think of like the mega ramp at the X Games where it That's literally what ramps I was just straight up. Say. Yeah, yeah, it, it ramps ramp, up. Okay. So when you go off of it, it almost kind of like flips you upside down and, and you get some pretty good hang time on it. Um, and then you land in water that it, um, is at least probably eight or nine foot deep. I know you can't touch where you land. Um, and then you have to do yeah. a full on swim. You have to like swim, swim. Yeah, and that water is cold. That sounds awesome. I miss slides at races. Remember, like, Spartan used to have them? Yeah, they, Spartan I mean, they used to have a couple slides. Like, they got rid of most of them. Yeah, they had a slide in Palmerton. Well, the reason why a lot of OCRs got rid of uh, the slide was because the one girl died in the UK off of a slide. I don't have no idea what race race oh, it was, Jesus. but there was a lady that died because um, a person went down right after her and kicked her in the head or something, and she drowned. Knocked her unconscious, and she drowned, and that kind of ruined it for a lot of slides in the industry and then one thing i did want to point out because obviously nuclear races is in for ocr like they're not they are obviously they hosted ocr world champs but from what they've told us they love the ocr community they love the camaraderie of it it bring they like that it brings out the best in people seeing all of the souls taking part is in something you conceived and created with a huge smile on your face certainly helps you take the rough with the smooth 
and makes the tougher days worthwhile. They're proud to be able to change people's lives for the better. We hear from so many people who left school, got a job, got married, got to 40, out of shape, and unhappy, and wanted to change. They found the change through nuclear and got the inspiration to keep change, making changes. Ultimately, exercise, exercising needs to be fun so you don't, uh, realize, so you don't realize what you're doing. Um, and that's what I do love hearing. Like, I do love hearing from actual races of like, this is what we've wanted. This is all we've wanted. Like, yeah, we like the, uh, we like coming up with a crazy competition of stuff, but like they enjoy changing people's lives. And that's honestly what nuclear has been out to do. Can I also add, they have some of the most incredible merch, including a sweatsuit onesie. Yeah. I'm jealous of that. Why, why don't more people have that? Like, how can you not find that anywhere else? I don't know, but it was the best find ever. The following weekend, there is the second of those Cirrus events. And I was just reading a little bit more of what Chris from Cirrus had sent us. So the first in July was their Rook, which was their five-mile course. Their Love course in September is a 3.1-mile course that features um, more water-based um, obstacles. So they have pits of obstacle or pits of water with obstacles involved. Um, and they are trying to change up the terrain now between um, the Ruck and the Love, and they are putting the Love at a new venue this year. And that is a little bit more about Cirrus. That weekend, also, there is another Phoenix race. So any last-minute brush-ups on... Um, obstacles. Those are two phenomenal events to get out to the weekend right before OCRWC. And this is the, uh, I mean, for, for me and Megan, this is our highlight event of the year. I think this is the highlight event for most people, I would say. I would think. I, I, I would, don't want to put words in other people's mouths, but. I would say this is the highlight weekend of the year for most people in obstacle course racing at least in the u.s so yes this is when charles and i have our big a race they have the 3k on friday the 15k on saturday the team race and charity race on sunday and then they're running their 100 meter um throughout the entire weekend i'm coming home with so many medals that, that race weekend you kind of already talked about it throughout this entire episode but out, you know, what makes this race weekend so special outside of obviously bringing in multiple countries because it is world championships. It's the collaboration of pretty much the, you know, your entire race season or most people's race season is that it caters a lot to all the races we've been talking about. Some of the no name races that you may, you know, have never heard of. It helps draw viewership and just kind of, you know, overall awareness to those smaller races so that you go and check out those other races the following year because they pull in obstacles from literally every and any race that they find unique and would just make for a better event for them so that's where you see stuff from you know fit challenge uh i'm gonna butcher this but the swamp the black what is it black swamp something <laughs> yeah um stuff from there uh you literally i mean savage spartan uh bone frog uh, i mean um stuff from over in the uk um nuclear races i mean they literally pull obstacles from all over the world and with that's what makes this event so special is that it's all in one race format so it's obstacles that most people probably have never seen or will never see unless they go to that actual race 
all under you know one event uh, and that's what makes it so special they not only do they bring the obstacle from those races a lot of times you'll have the race director for those obstacle races physically bringing their obstacle they build the obstacle and they will be on site all weekend so you can network and connect with those different race directors and you can learn more about all of these smaller races that you may have never heard of yeah this will be my first ocr world champs it's always been kind of like i either didn't qualify or the scheduling just wasn't scheduling or money just wasn't working out for me on that one but i'm really excited to do this one because i have done i've done noram 2018 and 19 i done i did ocr world champs in duro in 2018 as well so like this is one that i'm looking to go and that's why i'm doing all of the races because usually i only pan pick a few but this time I'm like, nope, I'm going to get them all because I want to have my full OCR World Champs experience. And hopefully we get one out of it based on, you know, just coming off of what we already experienced last year. So hopefully we actually do get a full OCR World Champs experience out of this. Oh, that OCRWC, we also have the big Tahoe weekend out in Spartan. Now, have either of you guys ran Tahoe before? Negative, Ghost Rider. I ran it the first year, so 2015. Okay, which way did they send you up the mountain? Uh, 2015 was the year they did it backwards. So we did the little mountain first and then the big mountain. Okay. And yeah, so now they do it backwards. So let me quickly just say why, even if it was not on OCRWC weekend, why Tahoe was not on my schedule this year. As everybody knows, I have previously and this year i still want to run the national series i like to know um, where i place and i like to qualify for spartan world championships spartan north american championships the works i try to get out to as many championship races as i can but i have ran tahoe twice and as we kind of just hinted at they run this course one of two directions, either up the big mountain first or up the little mountain first. The trails don't really change. The obstacles don't really change. You are going to get wet in that dreaded um, swim pretty early on in the course, usually around mile five or so. And then you have to embrace the suck and deal with the potentials of hypothermia for the remainder of the race. Um, the carries are always going to be brutal. Uh, there's, you're going to be getting dirt kicked up in your eyes. I've just never been a fan of this course. I don't think some of the challenges out in Tahoe are worth the trip out. Uh, and I just, it wasn't, it's not my favorite venue. Each time I'm more battling hypothermia then I'm actually battling the obstacles. And to me personally, I don't think hypothermia should be an obstacle at an obstacle course race. I am going to just take the flip side. I ran Tahoe once. It was cold. It's always cold every year. So, but I will say, I think Tahoe is actually a gorgeous course. That's uh, my defense for it. Oh, it, it's definitely a gorgeous, gorgeous course. course. I actually recommend anybody who hasn't done Tahoe, I will say, go run Tahoe. It's a gorgeous course. Stay in Lake Tahoe for like the week because that's a great place to just hang out and just relax and unwind and not think about shit for like a week. 
If you have never ran Tahoe, I do think everybody should run Tahoe at least once. Do I say you should go run Tahoe the same year as OCRWC? No, I think OCRWC offers a greater value. But if you want to go out to Tahoe, it's a gorgeous venue. If you've ran it before, expect to see a lot of the same that you've already seen. So after this, we're kind of really running out of stuff to do because it's kind of when you get into the fall, there are, especially once you cross over a couple of the championships, you are kind of seeing them trickling out. One race I did really want to quickly highlight because I've run them in the past, which on October 2nd and 3rd, there is War X, and War X is not your conventional OCR race. It is, I just, I say it is more of an OCR experience. Um, it is definitely, they are recreating, it is a veteran-owned uh, and operated event, but they are recreating, like, a Warzone-type feel as you're going through it. So, like I said, it's an experience. It's not really an obstacle race. There is a racing aspect. They do have competitive heats, but it is, like, definitely an experience that you get to get through and enjoy. I got to go for their inaugural event back in beginning of 2018 for their Arctic event. It was in the freezing cold, got to run through. They had live gunfire. Granted, it's blanks. They're not firing towards you. Um, so yeah, if you actually do have problems with that, probably don't run this race. Um, but they are, it is really much a small OCR feel. So if you haven't had that feeling in a while, you're like, every race is really big. War X is kind of the way to go, and it is, like I said, a unique race experience to to go to. Awesome. Well, for me, I take the entire month of October off from racing because, again, my A race was OCRWC. My body is just going to be so incredibly depleted, whether it's OCRWC or Tahoe. I've always been really neurologically depleted and just need to unwind. Um, so I don't know about you guys. I mean, there's Savage Dallas in. October. There is the Citizens Bank Park Stadium race. Great stadium race. But otherwise, there's not a lot of like really notable races. So then I am looking into November now. And really, there's only a couple weekends of highlight here. First one for me is the Spartan Fenway weekend. And that's because Boston is the home of Spartan Race. The headquarters are here. So to me, Fenway is that hometown race. Not just for me, but for Spartan themselves. So they do pull off the two-day event. And then as a Red Sox fan, I just think it's the best baseball stadium ever. And it's like going to church. So I love to go and run Fenway. I have it on my calendar. Um, like I said, it's tentative because we don't know if races are going to be going off in Boston, especially stadiums. Like stadiums are the one, I think, the biggest question of Spartan race events. So we can hold 12 percent. Yeah, <laughs> that's I feel like Fenway, Spartan Fenway pulls more than 12 percent. Yeah, I mean, you know, Fenway is a big weekend when that's the same weekend as Savage, Maryland. And I usually even opt to go to Fenway over Savage uh, one because it is a two day race. Uh, and anyway, it's just, it's not like any of the other stadiums. Um, they have like triple the amount of vendors. Um, again, it, it is a, it is a two day race um, weekend for that. So, I mean, it's just, I don't know. There's something about Fenway. I consider it like the uh, last day of school race. Yeah. Because yeah. Yeah. Every, most yeah. of the people yeah. on the East Coast are just like going up, running that. Like, this is my last race. Yeah, we're done after this. Because then you get to go into winter hibernation and. 
enjoy sitting around for a bit. The off season just to run Spartan Fenway. Albeit, I'm never good at Spartan Fenway at that point because my body is so depleted. But I like to race it for fun. Um, but the other notable race that day is World's Toughest Mudder. So World's Toughest Mudder is returning to Vegas this year. I wish I could talk about World's Toughest Mudder. This is one of those races. I've had it on my calendar, but I can never pull it off. Um, I can't pull it off for money reasons, training reasons, and I'm usually worn out by the time this race comes around. I've had many friends run this run World's Toughest Mudder. They've run Vegas and they've run uh, a couple of them ran the Georgia one. I do love World's Toughest Mudder just as an OCR fan in general, because it's one of those that like you're always getting spotty coverage throughout the day. So you're you just you can just sit on socials and just watch random videos from people posting it up there. So you do get to track that race around. It is going back to Vegas. It's not where it was. So you don't you're not going to have the the well-known cliff dive that was in the former Vegas location. Hopefully this is going to be a return to form because Atlanta both times were frozen. So right. they're, they're having a problem that clearly, I don't think they were hoping for that, but you find out the South gets cold guys. Um, so hope Vegas, it's going to be cold as well, but we'll see. We'll see what happens this year. I think they're going to pull it off because t- tough Mudders doing actually some pretty good things in their calendar this year. Then, guys, there's only one other really big event left on the calendar. So let me ask you, what do you guys think of Abu Dhabi? Yeah, hard pass. I think it's a, I mean, I stand where I, I still stand where I stood last time they announced it. Tell me how much they paid you. Exactly. I think. Tell me how much. I think there were seven figures involved. Yeah. Listen, it's great. It's great that Spartan Race got asked to go do it because a lot of events are happening there. WWE went there. UFC goes there. F1 goes there. Events are going there, and it's good for the sport, but at the same time, it's only good for the top tier of the sport. It's great for the pro athletes, but it depends on who's going to get paid to go. Um, and then, But for the people who really want to run Spartan World Champs, I mean, Grant, sure, we've had the option in the past because it's always been here in the States. Um, but those people who haven't gotten to experience, how long is it going to be in Abu Dhabi for? How long are we going to have to like, how much that's, it's not, that's not a cheap trip for the standard racer. No, definitely so not. It's definitely like, to me, it's almost like a non, uh, it's not really happening for me in my head. It'll be a YouTube race. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah Cause like, I mean, just like you said, Charles, I mean, it's, that's a very expensive race to go to and like i get it you know it's a championship race world champs and you know they had like uh ocrwc in london the other year that you know megan and i went to but even that it's like a fraction of the price you'd pay for everything in abu dhabi like stuff's just triple the amount for flights lodging it's just it that's that's a lot of money so either your spartan pros that are getting paid to go or your people that are paying you know over thirty thousand dollars a year on races you know they're the ones that are going to go it's it's not going to be a big field like venue supposed to be like really far outside of the city and like they they have like their own housing out there and you have to take lot like their busing or whatever else i don't know how they set it up but 
they like there's something within all of their contracts about the travel and it's just it's crazy i will tag on though it is going to be really good for the spartan racers of that region to be able to go definitely because it is the flip side of that that was the one thing i remember seeing a lot of uh that was the one thing I remember seeing a lot of when it was announced, like the people like us who were naysaying it, they were like, hey, this is going to be great for us to do it. And I'm like, dope. Good for like, uh, I technically don't know what those sections of Spartan Race are called. I'm just going to shoot in the dark and say it's probably Middle East, like Spartans of the Middle East or whatever, Spartan Race Middle East. Maybe people from Europe are going to be traveling. It'll be great for the rest of the country. It kind of sucks for us in the U.S., but it's an international sport. Sometimes you got to go international. I'm not going to complain too much because we have OCRWC. And even without them moving Abu Dhabi or the world championships to Abu Dhabi, OCRWC was going to be my A race, regardless of where that was at. Okay, guys, I think this is a jam-packed episode and I am ready to go to bed. Yeah, we're yeah. thing. <laughs> I hope that yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're all busy with work this week. It's going to be a little crazy, but... Um... Yeah, I think we covered a good chunk of this, especially highlighting a lot of the races that, I mean, aren't the standard run this Spartan race, run this Spartan race, run this Savage race. We definitely wanted to highlight a lot of these smaller events and really get these onto the calendar. We wish we could have highlighted a little bit more of the international races, but that might be something we come up with in the future. Um, but yeah, this was uh, definitely give a check out all of these races that we highlighted. Check out Muddy Buffalo, check out Cirrus, check out Black Swamp Runner. India Mud Run, Fit Challenge, Hildervat, Highlander Assault, War X, Phoenix OCR, and Battle of the Lions. If I left anybody out that we talked to, I apologize. Leave us comments. Let us know your favorite locals. Hell, tell us your favorite Spartan venues. We didn't talk much Tough Mudders because I don't think any, any of the three of us really have that much Sadly, no. Yeah. Um, experience with Tough Martyr, but like we want to know what's on your race calendar. So shoot us a message, leave us a comment, tell us where you'll be this year, why you go to those races, why you love them. Send us pictures. We will share it all around and we will definitely be doing more episodes like this, highlighting more of our favorite locals. And quick kind of shout out. Um, I don't know if we're actually putting this at the beginning of the video or not, but a uh, quick kind of shout out in order to actually make this schedule a super useful tool and what we use for this entire episode, go download OCR buddy. All right. This is not like a shameless, like a stupid little plug. It's a legitimate thing. Go download OCR buddy. Um, it's a app on your phone that is everything and anything OCR. Um, it covers literally every race across the entire world so that you can map out and schedule your actual races and you can export it to an Excel spreadsheet, do all sorts of, you know, fun, crazy stuff for it. Um, you can narrow things down by certain race brands, regions, dates, super, super useful tool. I promise you will thank yourself after you do it, go download it. Uh, special thanks to Russ who, uh, who runs created OCR buddy. He really helped us get in touch with a lot of these, uh, these races so we could get up talking to them and get the information from them because that is not easy to do and russ has all the connections obviously with ocr buddy the app that he's created and also 
be better than me pay for the premium version i have to get mine so you can see the full calendar it's worth it <laughs> and it's not expensive at all i think it's like what like 199 or something i was gonna say yeah i think it's like two or three bucks at most it is so worth it i bought it like 2018 or something and it i've never had to renew anything re-up it is the biggest help when you're putting together a calendar, how when my family says, hey, we're going to have a family reunion or, you know, anytime I'm looking to plan a trip, OCR Buddy is the first thing I turn to to make sure that I am not colliding with any races that I want to be running or I can make sure that wherever I'm going, I am going there and racing as well. Boom, just bought premium about time one 199 and yeah guys i think that pretty much wraps it up for this um let's go ahead and get our social media plugs out of the way uh you can follow me charles at sabertooth underscore ocr that is s-a-b-r-e-t-o-o-t-h underscore ocr i'm getting really quick with that <laughs> uh Derek, where can they find you? Uh, you can follow me on Instagram at obstacle underscore activist. You can also follow my YouTube channel, obstacle activist. I actually have like three videos that I made. I just haven't had time to edit and post them. So I promise there are videos coming in the pipeline. Just be patient with me. Uh, I have very little free time. Uh, you can also find me on the Facebooks, which is just Derek Rosansky. Uh, Megan, where can they find you? I am Maggie B ATC on Instagram. I am the OCR trainer on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. I also have my theocrtrainer.com where I do all of my online coaching. And remember, guys, you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Middle of the Pack Pod. Both of those websites, you can find our link tree to download wherever the hell you found this episode from. Um, you can also rate, review us, download, like, support, send us DMs, how much you love us or what you would like to see us change, future topic ideas, anything and everything. We will, we will respond because uh, we love interacting with the community. So, and remember, also, like we just plugged, download OCR Buddy, check out these races, uh, get that race calendar together because it's looking like we actually do have a race season this year.